Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. We got to go down. It should be a rabbit hole. Unfortunately, it's not a rabbit hole. It's reality. And this is going to make some of you mad. This is one of those things. This should make you mad. This this really should make you angry with the way progressives are operating in Washington right now. There is this thing you're going to start hearing about called ESG. ESG. It stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And right now, one of the provisions in the Democrats' reconciliation plan, beyond the $600, now $850 a month uh, spying on your checking account, is a provision that would require your managers of your 401k to steer you towards investments in groups with good environmental scorecards, good social justice scorecards, and good gender equity scorecards for governance. You got enough women on the board. This is in the Democrats' reconciliation plan. Your 401k manager will no longer be allowed to just invest in the best stock for you. Your 401k manager will be presumed to not be investing in the best stock unless the company that it's investing in is good for the environment, good for social justice, or good governance, meaning women got enough uh, members of the alphabet gang on the board. This is coming. This is in the legislation. It has been taken out and put back in repeatedly. It's 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 in now. And now the Wall Street Journal is sounding the alarm that it's not just that. BlackRock and NASDAQ now want the Securities and Exchange Commission to impose their social and political agenda on all companies, including private firms. The SEC is expected soon to propose rules requiring companies to publicly disclose climate, board diversity, and human capital metrics. Large asset managers and government pension funds have found mixed success pressuring public companies to adopt these disclosures, which is why they're now endorsing government coercion. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink has threatened to vote against director slates of companies that don't comply with the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board's environmental, social, and governance disclosures. NASDAQ is requiring companies that list on its exchange to include two diverse board members or explain why not. The SEC noted, and I'm reading now from the Wall Street Journal op-ed, or opinion, it's actually the editorial piece. The SEC noted when blessing NASDAQ's de facto diversity quota in August that studies on the effects of board diversity are generally inconclusive. However, NASDAQ's proposal would lead to more efficient collection and use of the information by investors. 
In other words, it'll make it easier for Mr. Fink of BlackRock to bludgeon non-compliant companies. Democratic commissioners Allison Heron-Lee and Carolyn Crenshaw issued a separate statement that, quote, there is more work to be done in improving both diversity and transparency at public companies and in our capital markets more broadly. In short, the NASDAQ rules are merely step one. They want to broaden ESG mandates beyond public companies. Private companies aren't covered by the SEC's disclosure regime. They don't sell securities to the public. Progressives, however, are urging the SEC to extend its ESG disclosure mandates to those companies anyway. California Attorney General Rob Bonta in an SEC public comment endorsed standardized and sufficiently specific disclosures for public and private companies. You see what they're doing here is they're trying to collect the data and use the government to do it by which they can steer the mob. Now, there's something else here you need to know as well. A lot of these companies that do this sort of stuff, they're not the best companies. Look, I don't have a problem. If a company decides it wants to take steps to minimize its carbon footprint, I I don't have a problem with them doing that. I really don't. I may not want to invest in that company, but, you know, I invest in Apple. I own stock in Apple. I, I buy all Apple's products. I buy stock in Apple. And Apple is one of those companies that is doing what it can for sustainability reasons, for environmental reasons, to make everything with recycled materials and have carbon zero uh, in their production. They want to use renewable energy, solar, wind, water. They want to do They want to do all this stuff. And good for them. There, there are a... Private business, they're allowed to. Publicly traded, private business, their shareholders want it. Good good for them. I I don't see any reason to do that, but they do, and and that's fine. And Apple makes great products, and they can do that. Other companies, however, don't necessarily make good products or provide good services. But they do this to virtue signal so that people will invest in the companies who want to feel good about themselves And now the government, the SEC, wants to force every company to do this. And not only that, Congress wants to force your 401k to invest in those companies. And it's really to prop up those companies. Because the companies themselves may not be doing a good job. But the government can force money managers to buy their stock and prop them up anyway. They want to use the government to not just control you, but to control everything. They don't want the free market to work. Now, the reason they don't want the free market to work is they have no faith in the free market. It's not only that they don't have any faith in the free market, it's they think the free market is bad because the free market goes to cost efficiencies. And it's not efficient, let alone it's not cheap, to try to minimize your carbon footprint. A company like Apple, a trillion-dollar company, can. A smaller company may not be able to. So they're trying to force this on everyone. And in trying to force it on everyone, 
that's where they're exercising control. See, people are looking over at, at the COVID stuff and they're saying, oh, they're trying to control us through COVID. That's not really it. I know a lot of people think that, but that's not actually it. They're not trying to control us with COVID. As I've mentioned repeatedly, their issue is they promised us COVID zero and they can't get there. So now they don't know how to get off the get out of the pandemic. They're stuck. That's not where they're controlling us. It certainly looks like they're controlling us there, but it has everything to do with they promised us COVID zero and now they can't get there and they can't admit it to themselves or to you. This right here, though, this is how they're trying to control us. This is the control issue. These people want to control your life. These people want to control how you live. These people want to control your investments to reward their friends. See, these people haven't been getting their money back on all this stuff. And so they're going to go after it. And, you know, the, the larger issue here is the breakdown in public and private distinctions. For example, this has now happened with uh, opponents of critical race theory, conservatives, right-of-center people who oppose it. They've shown up at school board members' houses, and they've protested outside their houses. That's wrong. But the only reason they're doing it, this was not a conservative thing until the left started doing it. The left started doing it over immigration, over over taxes, over health care, over all these things, started showing up at people's houses and harassing people. And so, of course, people on the right, the post-Christian right, have adopted this and said, well, hey, they're doing it. I'm going to do it, too. It looks like a winning tactic if they're doing it, so I'm going to behave just like them. It's not a winning tactic. But what it really is is it's further breaking down the divide between the public and the private. And in breaking down the divide between the public and the private, you risk greater authoritarianism on both sides. You know, I I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, so many people want to focus on the authoritarianism of the side they're not on. I think both sides have a tendency. There is right-wing authoritarian in the world. Uh, Pinochet was, a, was an example of that. There's a lot of left-wing authoritarianism in the world. What tends to come from both is a uh, irreligion or a, an atheism that drives it. The post-Christian right and the, and the post-Christian left have a lot in common in that regard. And one of the things that they have in common is this breakdown in the distinction between the public and the private, that there are things I can do in my public life that are different from things in my private life. And we as a society should be able to honor and understand the distinction between things you do in public and things you do in private. And your statements in private to your friends should not be used to condemn you in the public space. And your private life, your home and your family should not be used to punish you for your public statements or votes or performance or behavior. And yet all of this is that increasingly it's the mob doing it. And the mob is largely wielded by the left and it is largely designed to shift us publicly. I get a lot of people, uh, you would be amazed at the number of people who on a regular sustained basis come after me for talking about the transgender agenda. The reason I do it is because I know there is a concerted effort to get all of us to shut up about it. There are some people who say, well, you're just obsessed. It, it, it has, listen, they're way more obsessed with me than I am with them, but I feel obligated to talk about this issue because the bullies on the left want to shut everyone up and they can't yet shut me up. And as they shut more and more people up, including now, it looks like Dave Chappelle, 
those of us who are concerned with this growing authoritarianism on the left should be obligated to speak up about it. Yeah, Twitter, you know, shut me down, uh, suspended my account for 24 hours after calling the man from New Zealand, Laurel Hubbard, a man. Ali Bestucky was the same way. Uh, my buddy Brian Matson, who probably very few of you, if any, have heard of. He's a theologian up in Montana. Great dude. Really, really, really just uh, love the guy. And his account has been turned off for noting that the new admiral in the health service is not actually America's first woman admiral as some have reported it in the media. And as Twitter becomes more censorious on this, and others do as well, I just think I've got an obligation to talk and to speak the truth. The left is trying to use the government and corporations to censor you, and they don't understand they're playing with fire because there will be a backlash. There will be a backlash. When they're now trying to steer your 401k accounts to make investments they deem worthy instead of what the free market deems worthy, they're headed to a very bad place. They're taking all of us there with them, and that's going to foster levels of resentment. This breakdown between the public sphere and the private sphere, whether it's with businesses and trying to force private businesses that aren't publicly traded to behave as if they're publicly traded, whether it's forcing your private decisions into the public to shame you, ridicule you, bully you, you got to stand up to this stuff. And honestly, for corporations out there that are upset about this as well, but can't really do anything about it, for CEOs that are concerned, the easiest way to win the fight is to not play. It's it's to not engage on the issue, to go on as if everything is normal, to ignore them. More people should, and yet they refuse to because the media comes after them, everybody comes after them. You've got to be able to stand up and say, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. You've got to not play the game and you'll win. If you are a regular listener of this year program, uh, you know my quest for the perfect mattress. I finally found one after multiple iterations. And then, of course, you got to get the perfect sheets to go with the mattress. I mean, you, you need quality sheets. Well, that's why Bull and Branch is right for you. You know, uh, there's a great, great, great company out there. Uh, they're highly entrepreneurial and they make high quality sheets, the highest quality. It makes the world a better place when you're sleeping under high quality sheets on a great mattress and you need Bull and Branch to go with your mattress. They are soft. They, you know, they've got that weighted feel, but they're also very, very soft. They're very comfortable. You sleep cool but you also feel like you have something on you. Like I can't sleep in super light sheets and the bowl and branch. They are the perfect purpose balance. My wife loves them. I love them. They're super soft. They're high quality. And you know what? You'll sleep well at night with them. You'll also, you know, for some reason, the bowl and branch, it, it's the sheen on them there. You don't get tangled up in the covers at night, which is also great. So I highly recommend bowl and branch. You can try them worry-free for 30 nights if you don't believe me. You get free shipping and returns. Now, my listeners get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L, and branch.com. The promo code is Eric. Sleep comfortably with Bowl and Branch. You won't get tangled up under the covers. They give you a little weight. They're just, they're the perfect set of sheets to go with your mattress. Welcome back. The phone number, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Phone lines are open. It's not just, it's not just your 401k they want. 
It's not just your private business they want. It's your car, too. This is from NBC. This is an opinion piece. Aaron Sagan is a parenting, health, and culture journalist. Americans don't always fear the things we should. This summer, my dad visited us every week in the Pacific Northwest to play with the grandkids. And every week, I could predict what his complaints would be. The record-breaking heat in the area was aggravating him, as was the chronic pain in his back, a deep ache still lingering from a major car accident two years ago. The common cause in these events was not lost on me. The threat car emissions pose to the environment gets some attention. But what we Americans are still in total collective denial about is how lethal our car dependency already is. Every year, nearly 40,000 people die in crashes and at least another 3.3 million are seriously injured. Cars put us in clear, imminent danger every day especially the most vulnerable and marginalized. Motor vehicle traffic is the leading cause of death for children, well ahead of firearms or drownings. Among adults, black and brown people are more likely to die or be injured by cars than white people. Oh, apparently cars are racist now, too. I can see why they want to get rid of them. This year so far, 21,450 people have died in motor vehicle accidents, up 17% from 2019. More than 2.4 million have been injured seriously. So don't drive. Notice her concern. We've got to put everyone on it. But by the way, self-driving in electric vehicles, she says that, that, that we're just trying to fix the problem, but we've got to stop normalizing the trauma caused by cars. Why Would someone please get this woman a doll of a car and, and let her show where, where, it, where it hurt her? This is bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's, one of the worst parts of the internet, the worst attribute of the internet is it allows people who have frivolous complaints to air those complaints for all as if they are some worthwhile complaint. Now let's play this out. Should her, because her father was in a car wreck, should he just not come visit? Is there public transportation available easily for him to be able to get there or not? And you know, the, the larger issue here is this forces us all back into cities where what? We've had a global pandemic. You get rid of your cars, you can't drive out to the farm. This person has clearly been traumatized by vehicular collisions. But why should the entirety of American society be bound to her trauma? And that is what we find in the selfishness of this age. The number of people who are bound to their own trauma and want the rest of us to be bound to their trauma as well. The only way for them to take control of their trauma is to have the rest of us held hostage by their trauma as well. I saw a story earlier today and I thought it was a joke and it was actually not a joke. A woman who is upset because she was traumatized by an inorganic chemistry test and believes that medical practice now should get rid of requiring future doctors to take, or it was organic chemistry, not inorganic chemistry. 
An organic chemistry test traumatized her. And therefore, the medical community should stop requiring organic chemistry on your way to med school. Society held hostage by your trauma is not a society any of us, including the traumatized, should want. But some people, instead of trying to conquer their trauma, just want the rest of us held hostage to it. And they think if we're all roped in it together, they don't have to conquer anything. We're just all enslaved to their self-interest and selfishness. I'm not living in that world. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs and then I got my X chair and it is the perfect chair. In fact, my X chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic lumbar, DVL they call it, dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X-Chair because yeah, I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair. And X-Chair takes it to the next level. What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X, chair, E-R-I-C-K.com, or call 844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchaireric, E-R-I-C-K.com. It is worth it. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I have to take a momentary deviation from normal things. Friends, Halloween is upon us. I have finally put out some of the Halloween decorations. I I used to decorate more, but as I get older, Christmas is the one I want to decorate for, not Halloween. A lot of people, it is notable. Listen, I'm not saying you can't. Don't, Don't misunderstand me, but I just do find it notable how as we move into a post-Christian society, Halloween becomes the favored holiday for people to decorate. Uh, Halloween is almost equal to Christmas in the number of uh, lights and outdoor ornamentation people put on now. It's it's fascinating data. I have a lot of friends of mine who are regular good Christian churchgoers who love Halloween. It's not a it, it's not a holiday you can't participate in if you're a Christian. You can. I know there are some people. Don't we've got a couple of people in my neighborhood? They hand out Jack Chicklet. Uh, if if you don't know what who Jack Chick is in literature, he's I mean, convinced the Pope is the Antichrist and that you're going to hell if you celebrate Halloween. Literally, we have someone in the neighborhood who hands out, they may be listening, I don't know. They hand out Jack Chick cartoons that are always about how Halloween is is the devil's night to lure you to hell and dental floss and occasional pencils. My kids for years have avoided that house like the plague. Well, friends... I'm here to tell you, assuming you are still making the last-minute decisions on how to dress or how to dress your child for Halloween, please avoid the prostitute outfits. Please 
Don't dress your child up like a prostitute. The prostitute phenomenon has taken off at Halloween. You can get the slutty nurse. You can get the the slutty superhero. You can get the, the slutty cocktail waitress. You can get the slutty, you name it. Uh, you can prostitute your toddler out there in their Halloween outfit, which is just, I mean, the, 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 the prostitute ghost, the prostitute jack-o'-lantern. I tell you what, folks, the, the, they want your children to dress like prostitutes. It just, it's, it's appalling to me every time I go to a, a, a Halloween store and you got the rows of costumes. Why is it that every woman's costume is designed to make them look like a prostitute? I have no idea. Well, the uh, ADL, Anti-Defamation League, they're out, helpfully, to tell you to be careful in how you dress up. I wish I wasn't making this up. But the Anti-Defamation League is out to tell you how to rule your life. Halloween should be festive and exciting. When approached thoughtfully, the holiday can bring not just candy and costumes, but creativity, learning, and community building. But to ensure that Halloween and other holidays are positive experiences for all, they need to be inclusive and respectful. The following tips and guidelines can help teachers address potential issues like cultural appropriation, cultural stereotypes, and costumes that marginalize those who don't conform to traditional gender norms. Holidays that focus on dress-up can fall into stereotypes. It's important to establish an understanding within the school community that Halloween can be creative, fun, and respectful of students or adults wear costumes that convey stereotypes or demean cultural groups. Be sure to address them. Learn why blackface is offensive. Learn why costumes based on stereotypical representations of ethnic groups like dressing as an Italian or a Mexican generalized groups of people. Learn why dressing like a person who is poor depicts people from low-income households as stereotypes. Now, what if you're depicting a bum on the, like, a, like a hobo who rides on the train tracks? I mean, how is that depicting a low-income household is, is something? You're, you're depicting a dude who rides on the train. I just, this is... Bizarre. Dress-up can be an opportunity for children to try on different personas. Unfortunately, much of the marketing and messaging around Halloween costumes ends up narrowing the horizon. Girl costumes focus on dresses and being pretty like princesses and fairies. Even superhero costumes for girls include skirts. Many Halloween costumes perpetuate gender stereotype. Oh, my gosh. I can't go on. This makes my head hurt. Listen, don't dress your child up as a prostitute for Halloween, but also don't listen to the Anti-Defamation League. Yes, are there costumes that are inappropriate and racially offensive? Yes, and I bet you know what they are. And you can still get elected governor of Virginia if you wear them. Think about that. Terry McAuliffe will campaign with you in Virginia. You dress up, I mean, literally Ralph Northam in his college yearbook or medical school yearbook, he's either dressed as a Klansman or someone in blackface because there are only two pictures in the, in, in the, in the, or only two people in the book, a Klansman and someone in blackface. Who is who? He's never acknowledged. I suspect based on what I've heard in Virginia, the rumor is it might've been someone and a significant other.
and he's the governor of Virginia. And people called for his resignation, including Terry McAuliffe. And now McAuliffe is, is honored to have his endorsement and is campaigning with him. Funny how that works. Friends, don't dress your child up like a prostitute and otherwise have fun. The amount of worry and hand-wringing these people bring into this stuff is nonsensical. It really is just silly to have the, the lamenting of the left on how you choose to dress up yourself or your child on Halloween. They, they've got to they preach for you. Well, it's not just them. The Democrats, I think, are fully committed at this point to losing Virginia. Here is a tweet from Kamala Harris. President Biden and I released the first ever national gender strategy. This is our vision for the future for our nation, one that is a bold strategy and one that this moment calls for, a strategy on gender equity and equality. Now listen to this garbage. President Biden and Vice President Harris believe that advancing gender equity and equality is fundamental to every individual's economic security, safety, health, and ability to exercise their most basic rights. It is also essential to economic growth and development, democracy and political stability, and the security of nations across the globe, ensuring that all people, regardless of gender, have the opportunity to realize their full potential is, therefore, both a moral and strategic imperative. Yet no country in the world has achieved gender equality, and we are at an inflection point. The COVID-19 pandemic has fueled a health crisis, an economic crisis, and a caregiver crisis that has magnified the challenges that women and girls, especially women and girls of color, have long faced, and also of the men who think they're women. They have 10 interconnected priorities, economic security, gender-based violence, health, education, justice, immigration, human rights, equality, and equality under the law, security and humanitarian relief, climate change, science and technology, and democracy, participation, and leadership. Oh, good gracious. Now, none of this stuff is going into law. This is all to keep in mind, perpetuate women as victims, and you need the Democrats. They are convinced women are victims. And you know, in a way, in a way, the Democrats are right. We should acknowledge women are victims. We should acknowledge women have been abused. We should acknowledge men have become so good at becoming women that the women can't get ahead of the men. It's true. Bruce Jenner changed his name to Caitlyn Jenner and suddenly he's like uh, the most popular woman in America. Won an ESPN award for his womanness. You know, Dave Chappelle is under a lot of fire for pointing out Caitlyn Jenner, 
She became uh, the, the ESPN like top female without ever having gone through a time of the month or getting pregnant. All those other women suffered and, and Bruce becomes Caitlin and, and boom, gets the award. Or the Admiral, Rachel Levine, the healthcare service treats itself like the Navy. And he is now the first woman admiral in the healthcare service. He, a man, is the first female admiral in the service. So the, the next woman to become will be the second. It, it, a, a man became the first woman admiral. A woman will only be the second woman unless you then put in an asterisk. And then why are you putting in an asterisk? Are, are you othering the first admiral? Uh, women. You're coming in second to men all over the place. Laurel Hubbard, dude from New Zealand, gets on the Olympic team, bumping an actual woman for him. And when you point that out, Twitter turns off your account. You're not even allowed to point out, dude looks like a lady. He, he, he's a dude. He, he's a man. And you may be offended by that. You may say I'm transphobic, but it's the truth. Biology does not change just because your feelings change. You can say the genders, and you know, we used to separate this. The, the trans movement itself used to separate. Gender and sex are two different things, and now they're all however you feel about it. What I find deeply ironic here is that the White House, the Biden administration, led by Kamala Harris on this, want to, quote, advance gender equity and equality at home and abroad with a strategy that calls for continued accountability, consultation, and engagement as we work towards our collective vision for gender equity and equality. I, I guess they are, they're pursuing equality so much so that men can now become women and then get ahead of the women. This is the most bizarre aspect of the 21st century and postmodern Western civilization is that how long have we been advocating for women for so long? Female equality, equal access to jobs, equal pay, all of these things the left has been advocating and along comes some men and they're like, hey, you qualify too. It's... It, it, I it just y'all. It, 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 I got to admit, it kind of boggles my mind. For years, we've been we've been talking about the feminist. You know, they're trying to cancel Margaret Atwood now. That's right. the The woman who wrote the Handmaid's Tale, the Handmaids, are trying to cancel her because she had the audacity last week to talk about some of the uniqueness of the female experience that cannot be shared with those who transition to becoming women, and they want to cancel her for that. I mean, she should be canceled for writing The Handmaid's Tale. I'll, I mean, I'll take the other. If we got, I mean, she deserves to be canceled for that trash, and if we can't cancel her for that, I'm totally fine with them canceling her for the other, even though what she said was the truth, but you're not allowed to say the truth. And she, of course, wrote the dystopian future and made it somehow about men oppressing women this way, and it's the women oppressing the women. That's what's going on here. It's the women oppressing the women. Unless you agree with certain ideas, you're not woman enough. And a man can now be more woman than you because of it. We live in crazy times. And you know what? In crazy times, you should 
stand with those who stand with you. You should do business with those who, who want to do business with you and share your values. You should consider for your cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. They're the only Christian conservative cell phone company in America. They are explicitly so, by the way. And they give a portion of their profits to the pro-life cause, to the Second Amendment cause, to veterans and first responders. In a crazy culture war time that we're in where so much of the left hates you and is steering corporate America against you, here is a cell phone company that shares your values and wants to do business with you. And with my name, you can get free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric is where you go. You can see their coverage. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. So if you want to call them, you can call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. They're a good company. They're good people. They share your values. You should do business with them. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. I got a question. I, I, I got a real serious question. Who within the National Institutes of Health, who is trying to take out Dr. Fauci? I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, and I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think someone within our government is trying to force Dr. Fauci out of his job. Is it the Biden administration slowly leaking this information out to discredit him so they can bring in someone else? You know, Fauci continues to screw things up every time he goes on television now. He makes it more difficult for the government to maintain credibility. a, A man who was useful at the beginning of this pandemic can't let the pandemic go can't let it go he's 80 years old maybe it's time to retire and it sounds like someone within the government or some group within government is now trying to make that happen have you heard the leaks about Fauci's research where they allowed dogs the the heads of dogs to be bitten by flies until they let the flies eat basically the the dogs alive the, the cruelty to animals and the research, maybe it was for a good cause. I don't know. They're, they're not making it out to be. And then the leaking that, that in fact, uh, there was gain-of-function research done at the Wuhan lab. He was on uh, one of the Sunday shows, and they asked him questions about it. Um, it was, let's see, which I want to get the sourcing right on this. Uh, It was on this week on ABC News with George Stephanopoulos. They asked him about it. This is his answer. Well, I I obviously totally disagree with Senator Paul. He's absolutely incorrect. Neither I nor Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the NIH, lied or misled about what we've done. The framework under which we have guidance about the conduct of research that we fund The funding at the Wuhan Institute was to be able to determine what is out there in the environment in bat viruses in China. And the research was very strictly under what we call a framework of oversight of the type of research. And under those conditions, which we've explained very, very clearly, does not constitute research of gain of function of concern. There are people who interpret it that way. But when you look at the framework under which the guidance is, that is not the case. So I have to respectfully disagree with Senator Paul. He is not correct that we lied or misled the Congress. It's just not correct, Uh, Joe. I'm sorry. Gain of function of concern isn't gain of function. Gain of function is can we make these viruses 
do more than otherwise. Gain a function of concern is can we weaponize it? Paul was never asking about gain a function of concern, just asking about gain a function. And the NIH has come out and said, yes, as a matter of fact, we were doing that. We were funding that research. Paul was right. Fauci is not right. At least they asked him about it, but they don't have the depth of knowledge to be able to uh, allow him not to obfuscate. Who is dropping the oppo bombs on Fauci from inside the government? I think maybe the Biden administration is trying to get him to go out the door so they can bring in someone with a more hopeful, optimistic message in time for the midterms. Possibly. Possibly.